What's up, guys? I'm Olivia. And I'm Angelina. And thank you all so much for tuning into Allegedly on this auspicious Thursday. We don't know about y'all, but our universe is out here acting crazy. Shit's really not adding up these days. That's what I'm saying. And that's why we're here. Nothing about our conversations are ever ordinary. But then again, what even is ordinary? Join us as we talk about everything from spirituality, radical politics, conspiracy theories, the collective, and everything in between. Get ready for the most unfiltered, raw, and entertaining social commentary you've ever heard. But remember, everything, everything we say is a legend. So in this episode, we're talking about the university, our university, where we met. Washington University in St. Louis. Mm-hmm, that's her. Yeah, just talking about how the university interacts with our society and the kind of environment it creates. Mm -hmm. And also talking about St. Louis and how really, there really is some sketchy shit about this place. And we're going to talk about it. No, there really is. And I feel like everyone thinks St. Louis is sketchy because, you know, everything closes early or like there isn't that much of infrastructure in the city because of like racism or like, oh, there's a lot of crime. And it's like, nah, like if anyone is making the city sketchy, it's the university students. Mm. Please let us know if there are any sus establishments or businesses around where you went to school. Anything that is, like, this doesn't really mm-hmm. make sense. Or, like, how is this place still in business? I want to know if it is unique to us or is this just a thing that people do. So, Coffee Cartel is a coffee shop in Central West End in St. Louis. And it was the only coffee shop that was open 24 hours. And so... The reason why I even created this theory was because one day I was studying and it was like late at night and I was like, I need somewhere to go and everywhere is closed. You know, St. Louis, everywhere closes early. And so I went to Coffee Cartel and the vibes were just weird. This is why y'all should really trust your instincts and really fucking open your eyes. Stop walking through this world just looking at your feet because that's how you're about to fuck around and end up in a brothel. You won't even know it. Damn, that would be unfortunate. So I went to Coffee Cartel. I was sitting there. The first weird thing that happened, I was eating my watermelon that I had brought from home. And a random man came up to me and asked me for a piece from my Tupperware. And I was like, no, sir, I'm sorry, but no. And then he just kept walking around, like aimlessly around that area. And then people started like, coming in and like coming out really quickly and like wouldn't get coffee and I was like oh maybe they just needed wi-fi or just like needed something because like St. Louis has a huge houseless community and it's like the only place open right late at night but then something about my spirit was like no Mm -hmm. bitch you need to go home because I'm from Houston Texas there are a lot of brothel fronts at Houston Texas I'm familiar with what they look at they're frequently in Houston, at least, in restaurants and nail salons. So I was like, shit, like, why was that giving me brothel front vibes? A couple months later, an article comes out talking about Coffee Cartel in Central West End is abruptly closing and that it was a brothel front. Fast forward to the beginning of quarantine. I'm thinking about it again. And I'm like, how did this place become a brothel front, like, without St. Louis officials knowing about it? So then I go to Google Mm -hmm. to Google the article. Article, nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. Any evidence, nowhere to be found. 
So then obviously I do what I do best, talk my shit on Twitter. Then I meet one of my lovely mutuals. Their name is Siri. They're from St. Louis. They confirm that that same time that Coffee Cartel was being closed, girls in their area were going missing randomly at the same exact time. And that just told me everything I needed to know. And that's the tea on that. And I hope the main takeaway from that is not like that you're just like, ooh, I got a salacious, spicy story, which I hope I entertained you. But I hope the main takeaway is that like we are the only ones that keep us safe at the end of the day, right? You need to open your Uh freaking eyes. Uh Like stop walking through this world, not critically thinking about things, not connecting dots. And I'm not saying that you should be on some Mm -hmm. fucking QAnon shit, building your conspiracy theory, Mm -hmm. connecting like unrelated dots. But I'm just saying like the ruling class really thinks we're fucking idiots. And we act like fucking idiots when we don't open our eyes to the mm-hmm. function and the violence that they do right in front mm-hmm. of our faces every day. Speaking on that, like, even if you're not from St. Louis, right, I think it's worth mentioning the way that these universities, which, i.e., these elites, interact with these low income, urban, black and brown cities, right? Because my thing is, why can't the elite just leave everyone alone? Go to fucking Montana. No, they'll Mm -hmm. be in New York City, St. Louis, Chicago, Houston. Leave the oppressed people alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, for example, like St. Louis and Wash U. Wash U is such a parasite on the St. Louis community. Literally, look at St. Louis's biggest social justice and liberatory movement events. Ferguson, Stockley. Where is Washu in the mix? Peep, not a thing. Mm-hmm. Literally, look at things like the racist-ass Olympics, the racist-ass World Fair, these racist-ass secret societies. You dig deep, Washu has a role in it. Mm-hmm. Are you these people's enemy or are you their friend? Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter was created in response to the death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. And that's where this whole thing started from. Yeah, this huge Black Lives Matter network that are out here siphoning funds from real people in real communities. Yeah, that started in Ferguson, Missouri. Stockley was after a police officer was not charged for police brutality against a Black person. People went to the streets and started protesting. Wash U let the police store their riot gear. Mm-hmm. their batons that they used to beat people, their cuffs that they used to put people in jail, they let them store them in our housing, in the lofts. Anyone listening to this, you can relate to this for your university too. We have these community engagement departments and these diversity initiatives. Mm-hmm. It's pure performative bullshit. Mm-hmm. This also has to do with the WashU bubble. Ferguson is in Missouri. Like, some people have no idea how close it is to our WashU campus. And then you're going to tell me, after last summer, posting all these stupid infographics on Instagram that you care about Black Mm -hmm. lives and you care about being anti-racist. Like, are you kidding me? Come on. Are you actually even doing anything? It's just like, at this point, and it's still continuing even to this day. Haven't you learned from last summer? No, and it's crazy, too, because all these WashU students watch not just WashU students, sorry, university students at large, they'll be taking African-American studies classes. Mm -hmm. They'll be taking Middle Eastern studies classes. They'll be writing papers. They'll be researching these communities. They'll be going into these communities talking about 
oh, I'm a mentor for these little black and brown children, or oh, I'm doing community service for these black and brown people. Continually, intellectually capitalizing mm-hmm. off of and profiting off of oppression. And when it comes down to how are you actually materially helping these people, right. not a peep. Right. It's embarrassing, it's shameful, and it's sad. We can talk about being anti-capitalist all we want on this podcast, but if you're not actually putting it into practice, there is no point. There's no point in saying, oh, I want capitalism to fall. Okay, when it falls, what is going to be in its place? Exactly. All these people, and that's how you know it's performative because they just say what everyone else is saying. Everyone else is posting mm-hmm. a black square. Let me post a black square. Everyone is posting about close the workhouse. Let me post about close the workhouse. Mm-hmm. You guys don't know the half of it about prison abolition. How are you going to post close the workhouse when just last week you were talking about increase the presence of WPD because I don't feel safe on the loop? Mm-hmm. The same people. Mm-hmm. The same people. Man, shut up. You're a joke and a half and you're embarrassing yourself. Even Greek life. Even Greek life. And I feel like we really do have a right to talk about this because we joined Greek life. We're like, wait, this place is actually really racist as hell. I even went as far to delusionally think that I could help it and fix it by starting Sisters of Color and all that stuff. Uh-huh. We realize that and we quit. Mm-hmm. These people that are pretending like they had that same realization, they're liars. liars. You're just mad because somebody called someone a nigger and then you want to act. You don't want to be associated with that. Mm-hmm. So tell the truth. You have to be so honest with yourself. You're just playing exactly. yourself. Exactly. Now you want to be like, oh my God, Greek life is a function of white supremacy. Where have you been, bitch? Right. It literally takes black death and black violence for you to realize this thing is violent. Mm-hmm. And then you want to be like, I'm deactivating as if that's some kind of righteous act. All of y'all need to be doing serious reparations and serious education because that deactivation shit, that was not shit. Mm-hmm. I think what I want to hear from you too is a lot of the argument that comes with abolishing greek life is people are like all of these frats and sororities are still going to exist but underground like people are still pledging now like there's still stuff going on so what would you say first of all my thing is let it go underground why would you want it to be above ground as opposed to underground you're Mm -hmm. saying you're saying this thing is violent and oppressive let it go underground then shit like the fuck we just identified this thing as violent and a byproduct of white supremacy. And your reasoning for not wanting to abolish it is because it'll go underground? It needs to be underground, not above ground, the fuck? That's like literally saying like, we can't ban the KKK because they'll just start meeting behind the scenes. Okay, and? Abolition is actually a politic and a framework of thinking. Like when people say abolish the cops, And then they say abolish first the police in your head and your heart. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing. Right. Abolish the Greek life in your head and your heart Mm -hmm. and worry less about who's pledging what and whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily about Greek life in and of itself, more so than it is about the things that it represents and stands for and orchestrates within a college campus. Right. Interpersonal violence, racism, classism. Mm -hmm. Those are the things you're worried about whether they're underground or not. I'm worried about whether they're committing hate crimes against my peers. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's not just Greek life. It's also other areas, too. Yeah. In the classroom, Mm -hmm. in these clubs, Mm -hmm. in awards and achievements and societal metrics of success, Mm -hmm. in recognition, all these isms are being present. Greek life is just the most palpable to people. Yeah. Why can't we just attack things at the root and just stop trying to focus all our energy into what is being caused by the root because people are sensationalist i think honestly Mm. and i think even organizers recognize that people are sensationalist and so their organizing then has to somehow probably pander to that right in order to get what they want Mm -hmm. university students right will write all these papers about oppressed people as if these experiences and these students aren't their actual peers They'll be writing papers about environmental racism. Meanwhile, the person down the hall from you is from a food desert. Mm-hmm. Like the person down the hall from you is from a city that has been plagued by carcinogens mm-hmm. in our constant industrialization of the land. Mm-hmm. But no, you want to go bother more people so you can get your little A plus on your little paper. Yeah, that's what I was saying in the last episode about just how disconnected we are from the people around us. Like, if we just talk to Mm -hmm. each other, you would see, like, these people are right next to you. And the thing is, people don't want to talk to each other, and I just don't understand why. It's mainly at the white people and mainly at the rich people, because I understand why Black people and POC people don't want to talk to their white peers, because most of the Mm -hmm. times they're violent. But my thing is, like, why are y'all going into these communities to study these people like freaking lab rats? Mm-hmm. It's sick. And you don't do a single thing. <laughs> I'm just thinking of books and basketball. No, books and basketball. Um, What's that one where city everyone's faces? in city faces? Pretty much all the campus-wide things. It's just so white savory. These white girls will be writing theses. Mm-hmm. Getting honors. Off of the backs of indigenous, black, brown people. Mm-hmm. And what do they give them in return? A fucking infographic <laughs> on Instagram? It's too good sometimes. Let's not forget that Friari literally said it best. Paula Friari in Pedagogy of the Press. She says true generosity consists precisely in fighting to destroy the causes which nourish false charity. False charity constrains the fear and subdued the rejects of life to extend their trembling hands. True generosity lies in striving so that these hands, whether of individuals or entire peoples, need be extended less and less in supplication so that more and more they become human hands which work and working transform the world. Which is basically saying anything that isn't empowering the people that you're trying to help, anything that isn't preserving the autonomy of the people you're trying to help is just false charity because Mm -hmm. true generosity means fighting to destroy the causes that subdue people's autonomy that subdue people's ability to fend for themselves people always are like let me go help these black people let me go help these indigenous people indigenous people are not dumb black people are not dumb they're not less talented than you they just have less access than you so maybe instead of helping them Work to destroy the causes that even put you in a position Mm -hmm. to have more than them to even call yourself helping them in the first place. You are not some type of messiah. There are systems that have put you 
in a position of power over these people. And instead of just going down and being like, oh, like, let me help you for a little bit, destroy anything that is even creating the power discrepancy in the first place. And that's what Ferrari says. Should these students then, knowing the parasitic relationship that they have to the community, should they even be going in the community? Because on one hand, it's like, because the university is so violent to the regular marginalized people that live in that city, Mm -hmm. people will be like, oh, you have to give back. But if the only thing you're giving back is colonizer vibes, maybe you shouldn't give back. Yeah, I don't really know how you reckon with that. I don't know how you either, because like if you go to a university that is in a mar- situated in a marginalized community, you owe it to those people 10 times over mm-hmm. to give back to them because you are actively giving money to their enemy. Your tuition dollars right. are going to orchestrate their own demise. The least you mm-hmm. can do is do what you can. That means stealing from your school, giving it back to those people. Allegedly. Holding your administrators accountable to Mm -hmm. not furthering the fuck shit. That means all those free resources that your Mm -hmm. privilege of going to that school gives you, I'm talking about the silverware, the free bus passes, give Mm -hmm. that back because that was only acquired through the oppression of a community, through the degradation Mm -hmm. of an existing community. And at the very, very least... You can literally hold your peers accountable. The people that you call your friends in whatever club or social group or organization you're in, the very least you can do is call shit out and hold other people accountable. Exactly. You don't just abandon the St. Louis community even after your four years because for four years you took and took and took and lived Mm -hmm. in people's space. Mm-hmm. And then you just want to be like, toodaloo, I've taken everything I could from you and I'm not going to look back. I just don't trust anything you claim to be doing for the St. Louis community that I don't see you actively doing in your university community, in your friend group community, in your mm-hmm. familial community, in your floor community. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. I feel like the white men of WashU, they're really just a lost cause. I'm not even going to (laughs) play. But like all these white non-men will be going into these communities, writing these papers. And it's like you're out here rallying for anti-interpersonal violence. You're out here rallying for Title IX reform Mm -hmm. and against sexual assault. Why are you friends with the biggest perpetrators of sexual assault on this campus? For what? Social club? You guys are fucking sick in the head. Mm. then months down the line it'll be like the founder of the men's project is actually a serial assaulter what did you fucking expect (laughs) you guys have no integrity to your word you have no integrity to your action since last summer i'm honestly just so tired of it i'm sick of it and i'm just gonna say this once and this is the last time i'm gonna say it just be honest with yourself these bitches delusionally really think that we need them to be free nobody needs you right we're just saying choose a side if you choose a side of my enemy don't get mad when i treat you like my enemy but don't pretend to be my friend and then move like my enemy because that's when Mm -hmm. you're really acting shysty like that's the thing about university students i feel like the privilege 
completely negates any ability for them to have a backbone. It's honestly parasitic to pick and choose. And if you look at that pick and choosing, it often always coincides with, I'm going to be loud when I benefit and when I am not compromised and I'm going to be silent Mm -hmm. when I don't benefit and I am compromised. Okay, and then one thing I like to really talk about is the university as a microcosm of our society. The experiences that you have in university are to help you to learn how to navigate society because it's basically just like a mini society, right? It's easy Mm -hmm. for you to handle. You get your feet wet and then you just get thrown into the real world. Mm -hmm. What really bothered me about coming back to school after quarantine was how all my professors, especially being in the business school, we're out here just like, we need to act as if things are normal. I'm sitting here in this class thinking like, are they serious right now? You're just talking as if everything is normal in the outside world, telling me how to make the most profit. Are you kidding me? And then they want to have the audacity to punish us if we don't do an assignment where we're out here depressed as fuck. We have a whole lot of mental illnesses. We're going through personal shit. We're going through financial People like, are losing their jobs. Crisis. Exactly. And People you are getting sick. Me, Family members are dying. God. And you want to tell me, turn in this assignment by Tuesday at midnight and you're going to punish me? Or else? That's what I mean when I say the university is a microcosm of society. It's mm-hmm. carceral. Look at all the people in jail right now. They're not yes. criminals. They're just people that are aberrations to the U.S. colonial project. Right. So mm-hmm. they say, be in line with our oppressive systems and structures or else. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what they do in the university. Mm-hmm. They don't ask, why aren't they turning those assignments? They don't ask, why did that person steal from the grocery store? They just say, do it or else. It's so fucking violent. Mm -hmm. Even just me thinking about my experience, I'm a public health student and a Mm pre-med student. These are the people that are supposed to be in charge of our society's health and wellness. Right. And people are telling you, this is too much. I can't handle it. Or I need a different timeline and you don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. No wonder black women are dying in hospitals. No wonder Mm -hmm. indigenous people are being failed by the hospital system. No wonder. Oh my God. You know what else annoys me so much? The students in the business school who are really vying for these consulting jobs to make a bunch of money and they claim to be like, okay, once I make a bunch of money, I'm just going to do good. Donate it to a bunch of people. Oh dude, I have a friend like that. shut up. He's a joke. Don't believe those people. They're liars. What also is just like so bothersome to me about the university is these people who barely have an understanding of like what real adult life is are going to graduate college, make upwards of 100K in their first year in these consulting jobs. How do you feel right about doing that when people are out here starving, no jobs on the streets? How do you feel right about doing that? Dude, I know this guy that when I was in student government, he would groom girls. Tell me why he got a full-time job offer post-grad making over six figures. Those are the people that should be isolated from society. Those are the people that test my commitment to abolition fucking every day. Mm -hmm. And they're getting rewarded with money. And it just goes to show the university is telling you what is good and what is bad. When people that are grooming people, sexual assaulters, racist, Mm -hmm. 
violent people are getting awards, distinctions, starting mm-hmm. clubs. They're telling us clearly what is good, mm-hmm. right? Oh, another thing. If we want to talk about what is good, can we just talk about just like cheating? Because I was also thinking about this too with all of these Zoom classes. It's just so easy to cheat, right? But we're really just breeding this individualistic mindset again where everyone has to fend for themselves. No one can like collaborate or communicate with each other. Actually, I don't get the point of not cheating. No, that's what I was about to say. Cheating is not what breeds the individualistic mindset. The individualistic mindset was breeded by the classroom structure in and of itself. Right. And then cheating, it just manifests in cheating, right? Because everyone is like, I need to have a higher grade. That's why nobody wants to work together. Exactly. I always say students really have all the power. The Mm -hmm. university is their business and we are their customers. All it takes Mm -hmm. is a collective action, a collective unified front. And we can literally create the university that we exactly want. Exactly. But so many of these people are so brainwashed and deluded into giving Mm -hmm. the university exactly what they want Mm -hmm. and peddling their oppressive systems and structures Mm -hmm. that they're actually leaving their fellow students out to just die. Mm -hmm. Like, who are you in solidarity with? The chancellors or your peers? Wouldn't it be easier for everyone if we just worked together instead of grinding it out by ourselves that's the thing like people are all complaining right about like our teachers are being so merciless during the pandemic they're not extending these deadlines or none of us are ready for the exam if that's really the case why don't you just all decide to not do the assignment exactly what are they gonna do fail you all if a teacher is giving an unfair exam why Mm -hmm. can't we just all decide to not show up to the exam we have all the power But instead, we have all these annoying ass pick me bitches Uh that will be like, I want to be getting an A. Well, what if you could get your A and everyone else get an A too? Mm -hmm. That's what I mean by community. And that's what I mean by solidarity. Why are you going out to community to pet these houseless and homeless people and these Mm -hmm. black people when they're right there? You want to talk about I'm in solidarity with Black Lives Matter? I'm in solidarity with Stop Asian Hate? Look at your own backyard. Mm -hmm. Stand in solidarity with your peers right now. The university would look like a completely different landscape. Period. We're talking about how these professors are out here beating our asses. We have one professor for all these students and they're still beating our asses. We should be ashamed. Thank you all for listening to the very end of our episode. Yes, thank you all. Definitely connect with us on social media and share any thoughts you may have on what we discussed. Check out our Twitter for threads containing informative and educational sources related to every episode's topic. And follow us on Insta for notice on every episode drop. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube for behind the scenes video footage and follow us on TikTok for more fun stuff. Our handle on all social media is at We Said Allegedly. See you next Thursday.